Are you listening? Welcome into the other episode of the Rantings of a Fantasy Football Fanatic. I am your host, Jesse Moeller, a.k.a. Moeller 5 and we are diving deep into the Get to the Know series, and this will be the third rendition of the series. Uh, we are ideally doing an episode a day all the way through up to the start of the season, um, bringing different people from all walks of life, everybody in fantasy football, whether you're someone who plays the game, whether you're someone who does content, maybe you're strictly a dynasty person, maybe you're strictly redraft, maybe you focus on injuries. It's We're trying to get perspective from everybody who's involved in dynasty and why they're in it so i have someone who is actually in a couple weeks with me um that would be alex aka sunflower ff on twitter so let me bring them on the screen and say hi how's it going good how's your day going pretty good just just getting started slept in a little late today (laughs) yeah i finally um my kids and my wife are out of town so i finally get the ability to like wake up on my own time usually it's bright and early cracking on my daughter we rolled but today got a little free time so yeah so why don't you kind of like give us a rundown of what brought you into fantasy football in general what was the the spark or the starting point for you so in back in high school i had a, a buddy uh elijah actually who um who started a four-man redraft league just to try it out um mm-hmm. and after the first year they expanded to six and i was part of that first expansion and just every day we we didn't have any classes together we just hang out at lunch and just walk around and talk fantasy football just for what six months you know mm-hmm. and from there i was just i was hooked i couldn't put it down i'm looking for new ways to get involved and i can't believe it took me like it took me more than 10 years to find dynasty right it's 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 quite the jump when you when you take that first step into the like, dynasty you're like well, what what is this it's a different beast like i i'm blown away i'm so hooked like give me more 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 I think my first my first year I did like 15 dynasty leagues and I was like, all right, I need this is too much. I need I need to step back. I'm completely overwhelmed. My wife was like, what is what are you doing right now? I'm like, I'm gonna <laughs> die. She's like, another. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Um, so with that first expansion, because that's kind of an interesting way to kind of go about a league, right? With the draft, how did you, how did that expansion work for you guys? Going from four to six, was it just you guys add the team? Were there free agents available? How did that go for you? Oh, well, in that redraft, we just uh, expanded in the offseason. So we just hooked into the draft. Yeah. Um, Then we expanded to, I don't know if we expanded to eight and then 10, or if we just went from six to 10. But now we're a 10 man. So nice. And you said it, and I was talking to Prisha, it's like you're still in that league, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. 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 I'm the commissioner now, actually. We've made some changes. We've lost a guy, had to replace him. kicked one guy out and he came back and won the championship the next year you know classic stories the ultimate mic drop move <laughs> oh that's too funny i'm sure you were like son of a biscuit like that's not what i want to see but i know. actually was I, I looked and i was like we need to bring we, his name's evan i was like we need to bring evan back in the league and i was like watch he's gonna win the championship and the dude mm-hmm. ran jamal charles carried him to the championship oh. that year so yeah i think jamal he, charles you can he's... find out exactly which year that was just go looking at his career yeah, it's probably like 2013 range, give or take. Um, it's yeah. funny. So my my home dynasty league we've been in since 2013. There was the guy who started the league. He it was a redraft at the time. He won the first two years, then he quit. Literally, like so. It's we named the trophy after him because he went to college. It's called 
the trophy is called the Brandon Kramer trophy. It's because he dominated the two years with Peyton Manning and he just dipped out with that offense. We're like, this guy's a legend. I, I haven't talked to him in like eight years, but I was like, yep, yeah, I still know who this dude is. Still lord over the league. So yeah, that was my first introduction to the, the whole league itself. It was like, yeah, I'm absolutely hooked. Um, is that still the trophy name? Yeah. So it's, if um, that's awesome. Have, actually, His legend lives name. on. Yeah, it does. So, like, you, the trophy is like a big plate right there. It says the Brandon Kramer trophy, and then it's got each like we do little plates for every year. It's like 2013, 2014. He has the first two years back to back. So I'm like, yeah, this guy just really just beat the brakes off us those two years. I mean, he had the whole Broncos offense both years, and it was just like you couldn't do anything about it. So yeah, it's like, well, all right. And then he left the league, and like everybody's like, whoo, finally got a shot. So with your passion for fantasy football, right? Like, how did? When you transitioned that into Dynasty, did it just, just fully just encompass everything where you were just nonstop fantasy football all the time? Or were you kind of able to manage your life outside of it along with all the Dynasty you're doing? How did you go about approaching that? Uh, well, I think the trick to that, for, for me at least, is that fantasy football is already like incorporated throughout my life. It's like going to the bathroom or getting a cup of coffee. You know, fantasy football is part of that that daily routine. So it just gave me another uh, point of engagement with it where I was just like, like, you know, you, you're, you're digging in the weeds to find new articles to read about any. So it gave me uh, so instead of having to read the same article reworded for the fifth time about Michael Thomas's ankle injury, I can now just mm -hmm. for Michael Thomas in all of my leagues. Right. Just like it, it's um, it's interesting the amount of content that's available now. Like you could literally just fill your day completely with fantasy football content and not even come close to everything that there is out there. It's it's massive. It's compared to like when I started back at like 10 years ago, it's, it feels like a completely different ballgame. I feel like I've jumped into a whole new stratosphere of stuff. It's it's really the wild west, I guess, where sometimes. Oh, yeah. So what do you what do you um. What do you enjoy the most about fantasy football? Like, what's the one thing if you distilled it down that you would take away where you're like, this is why I play fantasy football and this is why I love it so much? I I think it's it's the process. There are so many moving parts to account for. There, when when you go and you say, is this the best receiver for me to take in round one of this redraft, or should I trade for this this running back and spend this second round pick in dynasty? There are so many factors to consider and. No matter how far you zoom out, you still won't get the full picture. So it's about how you slice the pie. And you can slice the pie in any different way and, and get a different size piece. Talk about your process in general, like you were referencing. You said you love the Dynasty Orphans. Let's, yes. let's talk about those a little bit. What what appeals to you so much about a Dynasty Orphan? Like You're like, I'm going to take this broken down ship and I'm going to rebuild it. What's the what's the spark that you're like, you know what? I, I can do this. It It's kind of like, have you, have you ever played Fallout? Uh, a long time ago, but yes, I have played Fallout. Yes, yes. <clears throat> so they have those mods that are like uh, live a different life, where you load mm -hmm. into the game and you're just some person in the world. And I think it's kind of like that, where I'm taking some randomly, from my perspective, randomly generated like set of um, set of circumstances, and now I have to make the most of them. So instead of going into a startup draft where it's like, okay, these are my targets this year, or the next year it's like, okay, these are my targets this year. And of course, there's a million different strategies you can do on Dynasty Draft. You can trade down, you can trade up, you can, you know, uh, productive, strong, you know, whatever. Um, I think there's there's something about entering the world that's already happening around you and trying to to make make the most of it. And I, it does circle back to I think one of the things that sucks me into fantasy football is the trades. I am at heart a haggler, and mm -hmm. 
I know there's sales jobs out there and stuff, but they don't quite scratch the itch like fantasy football does, and I don't know what it is. So it's, the uh, it's, it's unique, right? Like you oh, you yeah. try to explain it to people who are not as involved, especially like and this goes more to the dynasty aspect of it for people that are dynasty lifers, where it's just like, yep, trade this player. You're you try to be player agnostic, right? You're like, I don't care, just flip them for profit and everything like that. Um, but with with the orphans uh, as opposed to startups. How do you go about approaching your strategy and tailoring it different than you would say a startup? Like what's, what's your go-to move when you see an orphan? Like how do you break them down and then how do you go about rebuilding them? It really kind of depends what the, the main asset that the dynasty has, that that team has. Mm -hmm. um, so one of them that I took over had Patrick Mahomes, right? And I was like, wow, mm -hmm. that's a great piece to build around. But that's also a great piece to sell. And mm -hmm. I sold him pretty much immediately. Um, that was, I think I took over that team two years ago, and it is now shaping up to be ready to compete. Like the window opens next year. Mm -hmm. um, another one I took was also just terrible. I think it had Jalen Hurts, actually, another high value piece. Usually, what I do, I think, then is I take my high value piece, and hopefully it's a quarterback, and I try to get picks for them and then just play the market and feel it out. Um, that one I went and took, it was like, okay, I can either grit my teeth for two years or I can make a bunch of trades and go for a win now. And that's what I did this year is that team is set up with like Dalvin cook, um, Tyreek Hill. So I went and like got these guys who, you know, you can, you look at the clock and you're like, that time's running out, but, mm -hmm. but it's not up yet. So, and that one of the interesting things when you take on um, multiple orphans is you approach it differently. I have one that I took over this year that has, I think it only has like two players that have been in the league for more than three years. So I recognize its window isn't going to open next year, but it is definitely set up assuming that my picks pan out, which is always a little bit of a lottery uh -huh. sometimes. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it very much is. Um, but like you're, you're saying with the picks in general, like they're, they're very interesting and they obviously hold the most value just because they're not going to decline no matter what, where it's like, oh yeah, I get this player. It's like, well, yeah, I have this pick. It's a mystery box, but it'd still be here. It's not going to completely face plant, right? So it's, they're insulated beyond belief, which is what I love about just the rookie picks and why the market is so high on rookie picks. Like we're talking about a few years ago, those rookie picks, people not view them the same way they do now. And you'll notice this. Particularly you as an orphan rebuilder, I'm sure you see that more than most people, where you've noticed the change in how Dynasty is played. A little bit. The the pick value definitely um, is an interesting thing to me. Um, especially, you're right that the pick people have valued the picks more recently, I think, than before. Mm -hmm. um, I can't speak to more than like five years ago, but uh, so why don't we let's just jump into like you're talking about taking over the new team what's the what's the allure of it for you in general like when you see it you're like oh yeah i'm gonna take this over and i'm going to do it like what why why do you go after those those orphans and do you particularly do you care how like the level they are like if it's a bottom basement like that's just a dog shit one or you're like you know what this one has some pieces do you care or you're just like just give me that orphan i'll do it I usually go in, uh, what is it, sight unseen. I, I mm -hmm. like, hey, if you have an orphan, hit me up. I'm like, I'll take it. I don't care what it looks like. Uh, the worse it is, the better. It's it's yeah. a grind, you know. I wanna, I wanna look at this this deteriorating, like house, and then at the end, I have this mansion. It's like, I, uh, I did that, you know. Mm -hmm. 
it's the, it's the pride you get from rebuilding it right or you're like that's oh right. yeah I, I and, put this and all the all the steps that you have to take and it's so noodly you have to you, you can't just make one move and be like okay we're good it's it's 10 plus you know draft picks trades and and sometimes multiple trades sometimes you buy your wheels back from someone else later you know mm -hmm. um do you do you prefer a platform and do you notice a different evaluation in platforms that you're on like if you're playing on say mfl or sleeper or fan tracks or whatever right like do you notice a difference in how players evaluate or sorry managers evaluate players and picks on each platform my favorite is sleeper but my experience is a little narrow on on um a lot of different plot like you had your what what would you call them like your your origin one like the the espn cbs mm -hmm. uh yahoo um i think sleeper is a big step up in terms of customization as far as scoring goes mm -hmm. um which i think is is necessary especially for like my home league we have a bunch of unique noodly rules when we still use espn um unfortunately which good platform fine and whatever but the sleeper um yeah. customization it blows it out of the water oh it's yeah. way better yeah it's like i had a post about that like not too long ago where i just posted the mobile apps and the difference like oh here's the draft board on sleeper espn doesn't even give you a draft board and i'm like, Dude, like <laughs> it's just straight up out the gate like you guys are the world's biggest platform like this should not even be a discussion i don't yeah it's just it it's something i always just harp against i'm like why why and i have one league that's stuck on espn they won't get rid of it i'm like dude i can't i just can't just please no more it would probably benefit if sleeper could um make like a like an import thing so you can import mm -hmm. all of your league history that would definitely get my home redraft league to to switch because that's their big thing is like our history is here and it's like yeah it's also in our record book but i get it there's some stuff we yeah. didn't write down <clears throat> we did lose some history a few years ago when they made that change not i think they went back and added a bunch but i don't i don't remember yeah that was an issue with my home league and i was like i don't care if we're moving to sleep or we'll figure it out so i had to manually input our history because they let you manually input it it's just a pain in the butt uh -huh. you just go back each year put the records like put so you can put little details it's not super detailed but you see how teams did championship stuff like that so i spent like an hour or two when we initially set it up and I was just like going through on ESPN, tracking all the stuff, writing it down and I transferred it over. So people actually have that because they were like, I don't want to lose the history. I'm like, listen, I have every, like, I keep track of all this stuff because I'm like the the shadow commissioner in a way in this whole league where basically everything runs through me, but I'm not the main commissioner. So they're just, they'll just turn to me and be like, hey, we need to do this. Like, right, <laughs> but yeah, like I have it on Google Docs. I have all the records like pre-Dynasty, then when we shipped the Dynasty. So yeah, like I tried my best to make that good for our league. That we're going to a whole new platform where everybody like let's be real people hate change yeah. in particular in leagues right where it's like yeah. what are what's happening um <laughs> yeah it can it could be a lot which you know i get it change is scary so your home league was a uh a redraft league and then became dynasty yes yeah that's super cool we became a keeper league um mm -hmm. with ours so yeah, we, we do cycles, which is kind of interesting. We do like uh, two, one year on, one year off. So we have like reset drafts. Um, there's some talks with our rule changes happening soon, but you know. Nice. I mean, yeah, it's it's tough to convert a whole league that's keeper to dynasty. Like, this took me like three or four years of being like, hey, by the way, have you guys heard of dynasty? They're like, what is dynasty? I'm like, it's just basically you play the whole year. <laughs> and like half the league immediately he's like "Ooh, what and then the half the league was like no that's stupid so then we finally just like chipped away and chipped away got another person got another person then finally everyone's like all right we're in and i was like yes thank you 
thank you. So yeah, we went in 2020. Um, we shifted and just I immersed myself in the dynasty with that move. So I was like, well, hey, all right, let's see what this world's all about. Yeah, it was an adventure series. I know all about that multi-year slog to get rule changes through. I've been um first it was keepers, then it was uh campaigning to add an extra wide receiver slot. I mm -hmm. finally got them on board um to add an extra flex instead, which was like, you know what, I'll take it because you should probably start a receiver there anyway. Yep. But yeah, so. we um we finally got him to move to the third wide receiver this year. Like they were Ooh, the weirdest nice. part is we went to IDP for a bit. They were more comfortable doing IDP than they were doing a third wide receiver. And I was like, because we had defense and I was like, I can't stand defense kickers. If we're doing dynasty, this is idiotic. Like, let's get them out of here. So they were like, all right, we'll do IDP. And I was like, take it. Like that works. And then we're finally moving off IDP and now adding a third wide receiver. I was like, yes, finally, finally. Nice. So, yeah. How do those transitions work in, in dynasty for you? Like drop so, losing the player, basically. We're, we're giving, like we give a window. We have, um, Every year we have a home meeting where we all meet up at a specific place because we're all relatively close to each other, where we have the winter meetings, we call them. And I'll come with a sheet of potential changes. I'll talk to everyone in the league, like, all right, what's something you want to change? And I write it down, right? And then I'll come in, I'll be like, all right, here's what we got. And I start listing them off. And I'll put the like more important ones at the top and the ones that are just like less important, whatever, right? And we'll just go through. I'll be like, okay. And I'll lay it out in detail. They're like, all right, three wide receivers. Let's hear this. Let's hash this out. They're like, why three wide receivers? I'm like, because there are so many more startable wide receivers. I'm trying to increase the value because it's a lot of guys who are stuck in the old running back mindset where they significantly yeah. overvalue running backs, right? So, yeah, it's just the whole process of just just trekking along and we're getting there. But I figure I just got to keep grinding away at it. There, there's always one or two things. I'm like, let's do this. And they're like, no. Yeah. On, please. <laughs> but it's the joy of home leagues, right? Like, I – I more love the league just because of the people that are in it, not necessarily the format. Because the format, obviously, certain more formats are fun than other, but interactive leagues far and away are way better. Like you can play in the like the analyst leagues; they're not that fun because people just don't <laughs> so it's just like, oh, cool, I'm playing with this famous person, but realistically, they're so busy they don't have time to make yeah. those moves. So it's just it's not as fun. And I think that's the the trip for people. They're like, oh, how was it? I was like, nah, it was all right. But <laughs> my home league's like ten times better. So yeah. If you have any home league, which yours sounds like it's a pretty good league, I would assume that is one that you're very happy to be in. Okay. Um, so what what sets you apart from just your traditional fancy football player? Like if you're like, if I asked you, say like, what would what could I take away from your knowledge or your ability that you know stands kind of on its own? I think I am unfortunately about a year or two looking ahead of the curve so i'm watching these trends happen and doesn't help me win because i do it now um i'm starting to recognize you know um for example this last year right where you only, you had uh and you had four quarterbacks who scored in excess of 350 points and then your number five guy geno smith scored right about 300 mm -hmm. and i saw that coming so this was the first year i've ever been the first guy to take a quarterback and i took josh allen you know uh Good, definitely performed. Actually, I won the championship, uh, so that was great. Um, it was the first time I've I pumped the brakes a little and was like, okay, the quarterbacks are there's something interesting happening here, something interesting happening here, and then I I hit it right this time. So I I, I think that's my what I would say is my strength is I'm going to be looking at things and I 
I'm a little bit ahead of the curve, um, but make sure that, you know, I'll be like, do this now, you know, because I'm excited about this new strategy. Uh, but the, you're not going to win this year if you if you follow that. But you will be ready next year. Right. So, yeah, you're like, it's it, that's very much a dynasty mindset that, that transfers over. Like, listen, it might not be the best this year, but 2024, 2025, like we're going to be gangbusters. It's, it's like always two steps ahead. And I think that's what I've seen a lot from like just my time being creating content like i've seen that change significantly where not as many people were not ahead now you have and it's particularly you'll see this on twitter all the time where people are so ageist it's like oh the guy's 26 he, I, i'm getting rid of him and i'm like all right hold, hold time out hold the phone like i get it i get it but like we're still trying to win here too you have to find a happy medium because i did that back in 2020 where i went all young and i immediately regretted it because my team was like oh <laughs> I have zero difference makers. Oh yeah, this was this was not how I envisioned this going. So yeah, it's there is kind of a, a happy medium, but being early on the age curve is always a plus. Like it's just it's a good way to look at it. It was just when I first started redraft, everyone in my league was taking quarterbacks, and I was like, why? These running backs are really good, and so mm -hmm. I was taking these running backs. I of course, you know, bad. I was bad because their, their quarterbacks were outperforming my me by a wide margin. Then you look at the league like three years ago. And everyone's taking running backs in the first round. I'm like, huh, that's nice, nice to see. You know, it was the it was the tail end of that trend where the running backs were going. You know, uh, what was that from uh, the Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, like that 2016, mm -hmm. 2017, yeah, I think. Um, yeah. And now the, really, the transition. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and the transition is going away from that now. I think we're seeing a lot of talk about like Travis Kelsey going in the first round, which makes sense. Uh, wide receiver Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Um, so you know i'm i'm looking at it now and i'm thinking is this the year that i go back to taking a running back in the first round do i take christian mccaffrey because there's the wide receivers are this might be getting a little too in the weeds for for where we're going here today but um uh, the wide receivers i was looking at it and outside the top i think eight or ten your average point per game difference um no actually your average point per on the season difference was about five points yeah there's what am I doing reaching for anyone in round? I mean, round one, I get it. You have a guy who's scoring as much as the number four quarterback uh, in PPR, Justin Jefferson to Joe Burrow. Um, so I get that. But when you're looking at round two, unless you're taken, you know, I got a guy in mind right now. Let's take him one or two guys. I think you might be missing out on some potential opportunities there. Um, playing with the way the market is at the moment. So you can exploit those little exploit, but you can, you can play the market and the uh the accepted like consensus of how we should be playing if you uh can pick up on on where those little advantages come up in your draft yeah it's it's been quite the overcorrection from last year in general like you, and this is really just redraft but even in dynasty those wide receivers are getting guide to the moon like we have garrett wilson chris olave drake london they're all pushing into that second round and london falls a little bit later like third round but like these guys are young they haven't proved it yet, and we're just banking on the talent. So it's it's interesting to see. And then you have players such as Devontae Adams, the older guys, and they're getting pushed down. Where Cooper Cup, like he's still by far the best fantasy wide receiver in the last years. But people are like, he's old. I'm going to push him down. And it's just it's interesting to see that dynamic. And in redraft, I think it's interesting because you're talking about difference makers, right? You're talking about Kelsey. You're talking about Allen, like Mahomes, these guys that are truly elite. And a couple of years ago, if you would have told me, you're taking Kelsey and Mahomes in the first two rounds. I said, you're dumb. Why are you doing this? But now, like, my mindset has completely changed. I'm like, 
you know what? I can get on board with that. They're like it's a difference maker. Those guys are, and like Kelsey's the biggest difference maker of them all, right? Just because of the position. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of fun to see how consensus shifts and changes. And if you as an individual want to follow along with that, or you kind of want to go the opposite way, like you buy back into those running backs because they're super cheap. <clears throat> so you you kind of flip it. And I think that's a fun way to play it because it gives you an advantage. Even if you're maybe you're wrong and like we're all going to be wrong at some point, like just how this game is, there's too much chance. I think it's it's fun to take those chances if you're willing to do it. Absolutely. And I know we talked about a little bit with the 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 gap in the top four to the rest of the quarterbacks, but I think this is the year we overcorrect on quarterbacks and we see them start going earlier with the because your projected top five guys are going to go earlier, right? But I think we're going to close the gap from that 300 to 350 point range this year depending on the status of Kyler, uh, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, you know, these guys, um, Trevor Lawrence, these guys who can either return to form or take a step forward, I think are going to are gonna close that gap and taking a QB in round seven or eight might be an advantage for you in a redraft um, versus last year where you, I took Josh Allen like round three or four, which was just yeah. crazy for me. But, but it worked out game okay. but like he was fan, before the injury he was out of control like he was yeah. so so good you're just like oh my gosh yeah we've been in my home league which has been one qb forever we're going to transition to superplex 2025 so Ooh, there's this nice. giant window but he's valued like the guy that has Mahomes will not trade him he's refused to trade him ever since we did the dynasty drafts this 2020 and i've been like dude what give me Mahomes, and he's valuing him like he's a superflex 101 <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm not going to give you that. But now we're like transitioning to Flex. I'm like, I'm never going to get my homes from this guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, well, all right, let's move on to the next guy. It's just, it's pretty funny. Um, so for you being involved in Dynasty and Redraft, what's the, like if someone approached you and they're like, hey, do you have any advice for me? I'm thinking of jumping into fantasy football. I don't want to give it a shot. Like somebody that doesn't know anything. How, what advice would you have for that person? Probably do as much reading as you can. Like, just pick up all the little noodly nonsense that you're going to have to pay attention to now. Um, from training camp, you know, who gets who gets hurt, who's a star, and how much does it matter that they're a star in training camp to, to someone having a, a breakout game and then going quiet, you know, like, um, like if somebody has a crazy Gabe Davis, perfect example, I think. He, you know, has some crazy games, um, scores well beyond what you would have thought a ceiling would be does that mean you 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 keep that cart there or do you move on from him you know i'm not going to give you the answer here but i think uh i think if you do some reading and looking into to again all that noodly stuff you'll figure out um how i would recommend playing it but how you want to play it also that's the other thing develop your own style read all this stuff figure out how everyone else plays learn all the noodly stuff but make sure you have fun with it because if you're just following a system you know that's it might get a little old yeah it's real when it comes down to it you have to enjoy what you're doing because like i've talked to people about this countless times they're like hey do you want to do this i'm like do you want to do this is this something you want to do <laughs> i'll I, i'll tell you straight up like i'm gonna have no problem being blunt and being like yeah i think that's a great deal but are you happy with this deal are you too connected to this player like they're if you don't want to do the deal you don't have to do a deal like Particularly if you're playing in only like one or two leagues, right? Like that's a whole different ballgame because I'm more process player. So it's like I'm giving general advice to Dynasty and stuff like that. But if it's individual league, you're like, I don't want to trade Travis Kelsey. Don't trade him. Like you don't have yeah. to, you know? So when it all comes down to it, I think that's a great call. Just like do what you enjoy because we're all playing fantasy football because we love it. And it's 
it's one of the fun hobbies slash games that we all love. So I think that's great advice for anybody. Oh, it was just perfect example. Uh, you know, follow your heart a little bit. I own Sam Darnold in every Dynasty League. I am a Sam Darnold fan. I'm a Sam Darnold believer. I can't point to any stats that are going to prove that, that he's going <laughs> right. to succeed. I can't show yeah. you anything out in the world empirically, but I own every share of Sam Darnold that I possibly could. Like, and if I join guy. any, if, if yeah, exactly. If I join any orphans, I'm I'm buying Sam Darnold first day. The the nice thing is he costs like nothing, so you can you can easily attain him. And at, at worst for like a third in superflex, it's like yeah, you're like cool. I'll I'll pay the price to get my guy. I don't mind doing that as much as I I like to be unbiased with players. There are certain players I like. I definitely have a bias. I'll be in a draft and I'm like, man, I'm about to be super over like heavyweight on this one guy. Like, should I draft him again? And I'm like. All right, yeah, like let's go for it. So I, I, I try to do thresholds very much because I have to check my own biases. Otherwise, I'm ending at like seventy five percent, like Mark Andrews or something nonsense like that, right? Where it could cripple my oils. That's my whole ROI this year. So yeah, definitely have to check my own biases on that. But it's nice to have a few guys that are cheap in that situation where you're like, yeah, like that's my dude, no matter what. How long do you plan on playing fantasy football for? Are you going to play until you're like old age and you're 60? Like those guys that have the home league that's going on 40, 50 years, kind of like that? Or are you kind of like, what's your, what's your kind of end game with fantasy football? My next of kin is going to get some dynasty leagues that I fully expect them to manage. Yeah. That's, if that's there, if there are too many, uh, I think I'm in like, I think I'm in 13 dynasty, 15 overall leagues, you know, the, mm-hmm. the baton is getting passed. And if we have to divvy up the work to multiple next of kins, then so be it but right and then you get grandchildren and you're like guess what you get on your 18th birthday you get this dynasty league right here <laughs> like what is this you're like trust me i will it's fine like just let me let me give you the details on it and yeah um my daughter's four right so i was hutchinson brown was doing the like family where it's like you let your kids draft right and i was like is four too young like can she draft and i was like no she doesn't have a clue what she's talking about i was like we gotta wait a couple of years but i was like hutch i'll message him i was like i will be in this league in a couple of years it's just she's not old enough as much as i wanted to put her in i was like it basically be just me managing the league i was like i can't do that it's, it's just not the same and then lastly if you could change one thing about fantasy football and it could be dynasty redraft or whatever it is what is that one thing you would change i don't i don't know i think there are so many different ways that people play, you know, from league formats, like, you know, starting roster, bench sizes, um, rules about trades, trade deadlines. Do you have them or don't? I, I think there's so many different ways to play that if I ever wanted to change anything about Dynasty, I could just make my own league and, and you know, do it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you, you basically just kind of run it how you'd want to run it realistically yeah like your own rules and all that yeah what is what is what is that ideal dynasty league setting strategy that that would be for you I, I off the top of my head super flex three wide receiver uh two flex 12 man half ppr that is my okay. ideal like format i think that should be the standard i think maybe this is what i'll say when we when we write about fantasy football I think we should write about and we should say, you know, when people talk about a league, we assume like PPR if they don't explicitly say otherwise. Mm-hmm. I wish it was half PPR because I think half mm-hmm. PPR gives you the right balance between your running backs and your your wide receivers. Rewarding points for production is a big thing um, in my head, at least, that I want to see. So if you get 10 catches for 50 yards or you get five catches for 100 yards, I don't think that has equal weight on the game. I don't think that is equal weight production value for your team in the real world. So why are you guys getting rewarded equally? 
yeah, that's that's kind of the big issue that's been because like everybody's been pushing towards PPR and now there's pushback against it, right? Where you're seeing a lot of leagues are talking about a point per carry, like infiltrating that into it because they want to give them that way to kind of balance out the running back scoring because we kind of overreact, right? So it's <laughs> we're kind of shifting that way with it. So it'll be like ebb and flow. You'll see, I, I've seen it too. I'm like, yep, here it comes. I've seen more and more people are like, oh yeah, point two for point per carry. And I've seen that. Like the Warrior Bowl has it, Scott Fishbowl has it, a few other leagues like are doing it this year. And enough people are in those leagues, it's gonna trickle down home leagues at that too. Well, you'd be like, you know what we should have next year? Point per carry, and people are gonna be like, Yeah, or no. And so yeah, I, I definitely see that coming through. I am against point per carry personally. But I understand like the, the the adjustment, like let's try it out, let's give it, you know, feel it out. And if the majority of any of the leagues I'm in want to do it, sure, I'm outvoted. Let's do it. I'll I'll play whatever the system says the rules are. But I think you're kind of rewarding nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then, would you be, because um, you're talking about the five catches for 100 yards, would you be a bigger fan of like the big play bonuses? Would that be something that would speak to you more on that? I think that's an artificial floor for scoring point or an artificial like requirement to score. Hey, if you if you get a, a, a 50 yard catch, you get plus one. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, but that guy got a 49 yard catch. Mm-hmm. So like, that doesn't so you're, really you're trying really, to find the right way to increase the scoring that still feels right in a way yeah trying to and uh, trying to find the right balance between between the the point output and the production they did i think is really my like philosophy as like commissioner for that for that home league um they they actually did bring up point per carry and i was like I don't right. know. I don't think so. But I'm a non-voting member of the league, so we have a, uh, a ten man. So I want there to always be a a tiebreaker that isn't me. Um, yeah. So you know, whatever they vote, they'll do. I will uh, definitely speak up about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but they'll vote how they vote. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Like being, especially if you're the commissioner, it makes the most sense for if you're leaving it up to the league mates to like let them decide, and then you could chime in over the top, and be like, no. No, we're not doing this. Or if it's like, yeah, all right, cool, we'll do it. You know, like I completely get that. I I very much want my league mates to be engaged and enjoying the league with whatever settings they are. So if, if they want to go that route, as long as it's not off the wall, and I'm pretty wild with stuff I'll do, like I'll try almost <laughs> anything. So it would have to be ridiculous for me to be like, no, I'm not doing that. It's like uh we have one league mate who's been pushing tight end premium in our league just because they had Kelsey, <laughs> and now they got rid of him, but they still love his high end premium, right? And all, the league is just like, no, we're not doing that. And I'm like, all right, well, we can go the other way. We'll, we remove tight ends, and you just make them a flex, and people are like, ooh. So, yeah, I'll just, like, throw stuff out to people every offseason just to get their, their wheels spinning. And then I see something catches, I'm like, all right, I'll chop that one down. We'll think about it next year and move on from there. But, yeah, I, I, I like doing that stuff. Ooh, I do like um, tight end premium for my ideal – league half ppr tight end premium i think it 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 raises their floor a little bit and you get but like the the guys like kelsey and obviously Mm -hmm. just exceed the rest um that that's the thing the elite guys that get the biggest bonus to it i think that's the hardest thing people like they struggle to realize it's like oh yeah it's gonna help everybody it technically that's true but it's going to help the guys as particularly if it's catches like kelsey's gonna be off the charts like he's going to be even more valuable than he is now, which is kind of hard to fathom, right? It's, this guy's just cheat codes as it is. So yeah, I think that's that's the way to go. Why don't you tell us where people can find you at? 
my Twitter is sunflowerffball. Um, and I am a content creator for the league winners. Uh, this year we're doing that um, the the multi division league. So I'm gonna be writing some weekly content on uh, that league that I am sort of a neutral third party in uh, managing. You're talking about like you're helping manage like outside of the league, right? Where it's involved, but like we're helping them out. Is that the one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. We're like the okay. advisors to the league yes. or whatever. And yeah, okay. yeah, that one. Yeah. I saw that one. I was like, that one seems pretty cool. That should be fun. I bet you it does. I'm excited to write like articles uh, for these guys and like increase and, and 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 girls if there are any in there. I actually don't know. Um, I did most of my outreach on Twitter through uh, uh, a couple buddies of mine who um, trying to get like stock traders into fantasy football because I think they're they're the perfect people. They they I mean play they play a market already. Um, mm-hmm. They do all these kinds of research and looking into things. And I'm like, hey, you know, what would be perfect for you guys is this mm-hmm. fantasy football league. And if you've never played fantasy before, that's fine. I'm I'm here to help. And then. Yeah, that's that's right. Where Prue's wheelhouse is like, that's the whole reason I did that podcast with him. I was like, Prue, you're very good with finance. Like, let's talk about Dynasty because they really are the same thing. The markets are very similar with how they go. And it's oh, just yeah. it's just a one for one correlation between two. Like, I, I very much agree. It's. I've have written articles and mentioned stock trading m- numerous times because of that exact fact. I'm like, yep. Yeah. It fits them perfectly. They should all do that. I'm curious to see how the, uh, the stock traders do versus, you know, everyone else to see, and not that, mm-hmm. you know, it's exclusive to like my league is the only one with people who trade stocks, but trying to, to get an all, all traders league and see, I'm going to, I'm going to definitely make sure that they know that they're, uh, their analytical skills are are on the line here. They're coming into question with this fantasy league. You're like, should I be taking advice from you? Like, you sucked in this fantasy football league. Like, why would yeah. you be doing my money, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Hold that against them. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> Just like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I wanted, to, I wanted to thank you, Alex, for coming on. Like, I very much appreciate it. Like, it, was, it was good talking with you. So, yeah, I just want to say thank you. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was a good time. I'll, hey, if you ever have any uh, free time, want to chat, I'm happy to do another. All right, sounds good. And that's going to wrap it up for this edition of Getting to Know series um, with Sunflower FF. I just want to thank everybody for coming in. Damn. Are you listening? Damn.